te whakapai ake i te oranga hāpori, mā te whakaiti ake i te pupūtanga mi te pānga o te mate pukupuku. By reducing the incidence and rates of cancer, the well-being of the whole community is improved. Welcome back to Te Ahika, where we let you know about different kaupapa affecting te ao Māori, the Māori world. Relay for Life is one popular event, usually a corporate affair attracting big wig sponsors. This year, the Wellington-based one had a waiting list of teams keen to support its kaupapa. 20 minutes down the road in P-Town, Puriroa, the Relay for Life had a particular Māori Pacific focus, with 2,000 people signed up. Justine was there, taking it all in. You guys are obviously in the spirit of tonight. Most definitely. I mean, a lot of it was due to the uh, fact that we've all been touched by family members that had suffered from cancer. And we've done this uh, many years before that as well, so... uh, we're quite happy that it's actually here in Pauroa and hopefully it's many more to come. Why, why the name Happy Souls? Well, we're a happy bunch basically at the end of the day and we've all got the, as you can tell by the wigs, the colourful wigs, etc. It all sort of emulates the sort of character we are. Author Gavin Bishop always knew he was Māori, but 1950s in the Deep South, well, it wasn't exactly something you yelled from the rooftops. With a career in illustration and writing, it was inevitable he would eventually take all of that and put it in a memoir. Piano Rock is reviewed in our Te Wetewete segment by children's author and teacher Moira Wairama. Gavin has a wonderful sense of humour. He's very dry. He's got a very dry sense of humour. And I think that I heard Gavin's sense of humour coming out in this um, at different things. Um, Yeah, I don't know that a child would pick it up, but I think definitely his sense of humour was in there. Moira Wairama. She'll be joining us a little later. Years ago, I remember suggesting to my marae, to blank steers, that we should recycle our rubbish, and now, well, it just seems like the norm. This week, we're back at Tsukorehe Marae, seeing how the iwi is dealing with the recycling issue. When a community gets together to support an event en masse that really digs at the heart of its participants, well, that kaupapa is well worth supporting. Puridoa-based businesses, community workers and, well, heaps of people took part in the Relay for Life, a walk or run all in the name of raising awareness and attention to cancer-related illnesses. Justine had a kōrero to Sarah Tumai, chairperson of the Puriroa for Life Relay Committee, who for the past 18 years has worked in health promotion, and as you'll hear, her own pathway to hauwara, healthy well-being, began where else but with her whānau. I te taha o tōku pāpa, uh, waikato no wakato ahau, uh, ngā marae, wahi me maurea, uh, i te taha o tōku mama, um, uh, my tūpuna brought me up, so in tauranga, uh, ngai te rangi, ngai te rangi nui, ngai te pukinga, uh, ngā marae, uh, wairo, uh, mangatapu, uh, me uh, uh, terangi. Um, I am the health promoter for Tumai Motiwi uh, Primary Healthcare and um, based here in Poriroa. 
we we have uh, approximately 48 um, members registered under under our, our PHO, and we have 10 practices uh, with us. And health promotion is such a, a vibrant um, mahi to be in because you're working on ground on the ground floor. You're working with the people, you're working with the community and, and you can't get any better than that. Um, changing, you know, educating on, on things that, that could help them lead a better life. Mm. At the end of the day, you know, health promotion is empowering, empowering our people uh, uh, to, to make some choices that could um, benefit their health. Are you predominantly based in, in and around Porirua or is it Wellington? Uh, we cover from Tawa through to Pukuru Bay and right. our office is actually based in Tawa. How long have you been in health promotion for? Oh. Is that another 40 <laughs> plus years? I have been involved. It's, it's better to, 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 to look at it from the overall. I've been involved in health for the last 15, 15 to 18 years. And um, I spent about a good five years doing voluntary work. Um, and that stemmed from me looking at my own health. Um, what do you mean I, by that, Sarah? Looking at my own health in terms of eating properly, you know. <laughs> and um, I, at that time, I, I decided to, to do a lot of gym, gym work, personal gym work. And... And I liked the results that was coming from there, and then it stemmed to better eating, and then it stemmed for for looking at things internally, um, to heal internal. Um, Did anything happen in your life to prompt you to do that, or was it just you woke up one morning and thought, you know what, I've had enough of feeling sluggish? I, you know, was it that, or was it, it, it like was, a death in the final? It, it was, no, it was, enough was enough. It was all, you know, I, I looked at my children and I said to them, I'm going to be a little bit selfish here. I'm really going to be looking after me now. I says, so please help me when things get a bit tough. And they did. And, and, and it was that family unity and, and, and it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. amazing. How many children do you have, Sarah? I have three. So when you had that conversation with them, what was their reaction? Oh, it's, I look at them now. I, I, they're vibrant. They're, they're doing healthy things. Um, my daughter is, is 40 in July. And um, then my son, older son's 38. And then my young son is um, going to be 20, 28. And they all live that healthy life. So... I'd like to think I was the role model to, to, to have encouraged that to happen. And I just wish they were here. You know, you hear so many stories, and it's not surprising to, for you to hear the story about how, you know, sometimes our own whanau, our own people can leave it much later in life mm. before mm. the doctors start to, mm. you know, the medication starts to build up. What you did really was preventative. You kind mm. of... Mm. You know, took a stand before it may have gotten worse, I suppose. Yeah, or yeah. yeah, I feel sad, especially for our Māori people. Um, and, and I look at them, and some of them are younger than me, and um, and in the onset of of 
something that could have been prevented. And um, then I look at our older queer who, who have come through and had not had that education. Um, and, you know, it, it's that moving from the urban into uh, the, the rural into the urban. Yep. Uh, urbanisation. And, and you've got all the processed foods. The, I remember when I was young, we used to have to order our food from on the phone once a month and get our prawa delivered to us. And this was, and this was most of our food that we had. And I'm going back 50 years. And where was that in area? Tauranga. In I, I'm a bush farm girl, so I was brought up on the farm. And we went and got our kaimoana. We went and got our, our huhu to go and get some eels. And, and we did all that. Um, but the, what was really empowering, uh, my, my tupuna, uh, gave me was you looked at your neighbours and we had a neighbour who had tons of kids and but didn't have a car to go and get their kaimoana so we would gather for us enough and then gather for them and and, and that was a you, you can't get any better mm. teachings so eventually that. you would have moved away from that surrounding. I moved away from that surrounding and... Uh, did you miss? Obviously you would I have missed did. it. I did, you know, and, and to buy margarine, it was, oh, yuck. <laughs> you know, getting away from all those things, um, missing the kaimoana and missing the smoked deal and, and then buying all the... And not only would it have been about food, but it would have been much more active. You had to walk to the river, you had to physically do exercise, so you would have been having high physical activity, whereas moving to the urban areas, it would have just been, you know, sitting on your couch or in the car, going down to the dairy, you know. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's it's, um, such a huge, huge change for for anybody and... um, you know, moving from the farm, from the, the rural area into the city to try and make money, it cost to live. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. While we may have had the home with running water and the power and, and all those things, it cost. It did cost. So, you know, when we didn't have that whānau support, that extended whānau support and, yeah. Um, every, any, everything else in regards to heart and obesity, that you can work on that as a prevention. But when you and and you can um, decrease the risk of getting cancer. But however, when you're environmental, when it comes from the environment, that is something you can't. Tell us about the Puriroa community. Would you? I mean, is it fair to assume that Puriroa is made up mostly of Māori and Pacific Islanders? Yes, you're right. Yeah, um, it, would be, it, eh? it is. And um, well, look what we have out here it's, today. Um, Tent city, a lot of brown people. But having said that, Porirua is unique, and everybody has come out. It's, it's not only uh, 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 Maori, Pacific peoples. It's it's our European people. It's uh, they're all here. And all the tents are up now, and you can feel the vibe, and yeah. Because, and this is 
I mean, I moved to Wellington uh, almost two years ago from Tauranga Moana, and for some reason, it's it's like Porirua gets a bit of a bad rap. I mean, I just heard through the grapevine, oh, you don't want to live in Porirua. Oh, no, 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 no. But then as soon as I started coming out here more, shopping here, it's a great community. Yeah. Do, do you think it gets an unfair I I think it does. It's, yeah. it's just, I, I think the media does that. Bit of a beat-up. It, it, it beats it. This place, um, the last time I heard, uh, it was the third area in in New Zealand that is a place of opportunity that's that's what the words I think I, I was. but it is getting a bad rap and I live in Cannons Creek I will walk during the day in Cannons Creek but anybody silly that's wa- walking late at night time it, it's it that's where the risks are mm. and um, yeah it, it's just being common using common sense mm. Um, when you're working, doing things as outside. In any, any at place. Any place. Doesn't matter whether it's any Ponsonby you or... Know, I, I, you know, I've been up to Auckland, to Otara. I love it up there. But again, it, it's a place where if you had to walk late at night, that risque yeah. for anybody. So no, Porero is getting a bad rap. So Sarah, um, today, 17 hours, as Florence was telling me, where people are going to be participating in the relay. There's a track that's marked out clearly with markers. You walk around this track for seven for the next 17 well, hours. Well, 17 well, I don't know, but now. how are you participating <laughs> in this tonight? I'm. I'm actually. I. I. As chair, I. I'm. I'm going to be mingling. That is my role tonight. I'll be doing a bit of security. I'll be checking out the tents to see which tent I can sleep in because I'm here all night until 9 o'clock in the morning. So I've been here since 10 o'clock today. What's going to keep so, you going? Coffee or is that... Oh, look, I, I, I don't drink coffee, but the entertainment on the stage. It is Porirua focused by Porirua people for the... For us, so it's run by Porirua for Porirua. The entertainment on the stage is just—it's—it's it's going to be it's rocking. Going, it's going to be rocking. We do have a quiet time at one o'clock. Um, I think it's going to be a movie. The teams have a chance to get up on stage and do whatever they want call to like do. Items and yeah, items. Nice. So it's—we uh, call it midnight madness. You oh, dress, you cool. do whatever you want. At 11.30, leading up to that, we're having kind of a um, body jam, come Latin, Ooh, possibly Zumba. a little bit of Zumba, <laughs> and they're just leading up to that. It's the team that's working to make this a success. Now, at the moment, there are a lot of people in the park setting up their tents. Pacific Island, Samoan, Tongan, and of course Māori, and there's lots of people around wearing um, purple shirts who are from the Cancer Society um, promoting this kaupapa. So there's people wearing purple, green, red, yellow sashes. What do they mean? The purple sashes are for the committee members, the people who've actually worked for months and months to create this event. The red sashes are cancer survivors, and the green sashes are carers, their loved ones who've walked beside them during their cancer experience. And they are our honoured guests. The ones with... Red and green. The red and green. Yeah. Yeah. If you see someone who's wearing a sash, 
um, are they participating today or are they just here to... Yeah, any and all local cancer survivors and carers are welcome, regardless of whether or not they're part of a team. So we just really encourage people to come down and be acknowledged and honoured by the community and that's what it's all about. Cancer Society Committee member Kelly Atkinson explaining the colourful sashes worn on the day. And before that we heard from Sarah Tumai. As mentioned before, the relay had a strong Māori and Pacific flavour, given our shared cancer statistics, crazily enough that's the first time that's ever happened. As you'll hear, the community backed it 100%. Amidst the downtime of setting up the stalls, tents and the stage, Justine bumped into Pastor Teremuana Taurima from the Strong Pacific Families Group. He explains the meaning of the decoration at their stall. It represents all the uh, Pacific nations in the, in, in the Pacific. I had Samoa, Tonga, Cook Islands, Tuvalu, Tokelau, Niue, uh, Fiji, Kiribati. Uh, yeah, it's the eight nations and Papua New Guinea. So these eight flags uh, represents that. So um, the Pacific people wants to make their presence known here, that they are behind the, the project, and it's a very good cause. Awesome. What's the name of your group again? The Strong, Strong Pacific Families. And is it just Porirua base? Yes, it's a Porirua project. It's been going on for over five years now. Um, so um, it's all of our Pacific people is here in, in Porirua. Yep. So, uh, yeah, because cool. a lot of our families are, you know, affected with cancer, so show the support. Are you, but you're not a, a health organisation, you're just there to... No, 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 we, we are a social kind of like, yeah, a little bit of a health stuff, but uh, primarily we are here in, in, well, we existed because of the family violence in Puriro. So we did put up this group with the help of uh, Ministry of Social Development. So it's all of our community people here in Puriroa. When the um, when Samoa was devastated with the with the tsunami, how did the Puriroa community, Pacific Island community, band together? Oh yes, and you guys yes. would have been ultimately affected. I mean, hugely affected with Fano there with family. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, in terms of church-wise, in terms of support, each church within the Pacific Nation here in Puriro Health Services, like the Pacific Island uh, Church, Presbyterian Church, and other churches. But we did uh, recognize them at the um, uh, Strong Pacific Families uh, Ecumenical Service in November when we had the parade here in Puriro. All right. Um, and a uh, whole lot of stuff that we did, and we did recognize um, that said it went in Samoa and yeah. prayed yeah. for them. Which which um, which which Pacific Island do you help? Oh, on? the the best in the Pacific, the Cook Islands. The Cook Islands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the most beautiful island in the Pacific. <laughs> the pearl of the Pacific. Cook pearl Islands. of the Pacific. <laughs> How long have you been in Porirua for, Pastor? Uh, nineteen years now. Nineteen years. Yes. Tell me Lovely about the Porirua community. community. You know what? Uh, one thing I find about Porirua is close knitted and it's in together and compact. Uh, in comparison to other cities outside of Wellington. I think the uniqueness of our city is so compact, it brings people together, especially our Pacific communities. Um, when there is an issue or whatever, or an initiative, uh, people just come together and, and support, you know, and put their hands together, and uh, if it's a fundraising stuff. Choice, so Relay for Life, 17 hours, are you down? Are you going to be oh, in Oh, yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. In fact, we've got a, a special challenge today uh, from the Strong Pacific families. I don't know if you know Wayne Potor from Streets Ahead 237. 
uh, one of our leaders in terms of youth um, development and uh, here in Puriro on the streets. He does a lot of work with streets. So we're doing a ch we have done a challenge via Facebook. And, uh, and the challenge is uh, someone has to piggyback him right around the course. And uh, we raised $500 uh, for that. So we're going to do that today. For the last 50 meters, I have to piggyback him. That's the deal. That's the so $500 has a good course going towards uh, cancer society, yeah. Justin Murray here for Radio New Zealand National at the uh, Porirua Relay for Life. Going on about half past 11 at night. Eight hours into the relay. I'm checking out how the crew are going. I'm visiting the tents, tent city. It's um, next to the Tiroparaha Arena. We've got PSIS, we've got LJ Hooker. There's a real community vibe here happening in Porirua. And I'm outside a tent and it's called the Bone People. And if I read their sign, uh, the Bone People, Bone Cancer, Prostate Cancer, Leukemia Supporters. And I'm here talking to... Paul. Paul. How's it going, Paul? Good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are, you a, are you a Porirua local? Lower Hutt. Lower Hutt. Yeah. So tell me about the Bone People. Oh, there's a mixture, school teachers. Well, I do Ciroc with one of the others as a school teacher. So she dragged me along. Can you tell us a bit about why you're called the Bone People? I mean, you've got uh, bone cancer, prostate Yeah, yeah, one of the rallies of one of them died of bone cancer, so that's why we're doing it. Yeah, so, yeah. Have you had the chance to... Do it? Yep. Do the walk? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I've done it. I've got 9.30 and one at half past three in the morning. Ooh. So you're just laxing back at the moment? At the moment. So give me an idea of um, your refreshments here on the table, of what, what you need to keep up that stamina. Is this, you want me to go healthy on that or not? No. Nah, hey man, uh, this is your guys. Yep. Coke, uh, muffins, some water, carbs, 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 carbs yeah. in there. And there's yeah. a lot of chop suey on the other side. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I see a few chairs in here. Some are empty. Does that mean that they're out there uh, doing the walk? So, no, she's just returned. You've just returned? Yeah, and some of them have gone home to pike out for a sleep. <laughs> give it up, give it up, Woo! still burning! Some mad, mad skills, these boys. Hold on, Man, straight from Pizza Woo! too. Big shout out to you guys that are still running. Uh, if you guys need a bit of a nanny nap, like Con, who's gone and had a nanny nap, we should be back here later on. Uh, you got your teeth, sort of thing. But big shout out to you guys, keep it going. Big shout out to you guys if you guys are loving this house. Hello. Music's going off. Music's going up. At the same time, we got some big, big shout-outs to the Relay for Life sponsors, Pearl City Council. Yes, thank you. Tara Arena, Kevin Mana News, more of them. To my mozze iwi pecho. Yeah. On the one is seven point seven hollow film as well. How you guys going? Good. Good. To everyone. To everyone. Even though you guys are not running, but you guys are here supporting it. Big shout outs to you guys. How are you guys going? Good? Yeah. 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 Such a big win for you. But very nice. Okay, so at the moment, um, it's just gone midnight, and to keep the crowd amped and the participants amped and motivated, they've got um, different body jam classes happening. Okay, so at the moment, I'm making my way around Tent City, and... Um, 
you know, there's music happening, there's people dancing out front of the stage next to Tauraparaha Arena, and at the moment I'm watching people walk around. Now Sarah Tumai, chairperson of the uh, Relay Porirua, did tell me that in total they're going to rack up 400 k's tonight. 400 k's, that's a lot. You know, some people are out laxing, cooking, drinking coffee, there's a coffee machine there, um, like a portable cart, and some people are sleeping. Obviously they've had their turn at the relay and they're uh, getting their rest up. <laughs> Justin Murray outside the Happy Souls tent and the one thing that caught my eye was the very bright afros. Lovely. So, so what's your name? Tarina. Tarina and do you represent a certain organisation or? Uh, just family. This is all family. Family. All family. Yeah. yeah. Sisters, cousins, partners, children. Kids. One big happy yeah. family. Now have you had your turn around the track? We have. Yes, and we yes. even ran some laps. I'd just like to say, we ran some <laughs> laps. <laughs> I love these afros. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, you guys are obviously in the spirit of tonight. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was due to the uh, fact that we've all touched, been touched by family members that had suffered from cancer. And we've done this uh, many years before that as well. So uh, we're quite happy that it's actually here in Pororua. And hopefully it's many more to come. Why, why the name Happy Souls? Well, we're a happy bunch basically at the end of the day and we've all got the, as you can tell by the wigs, the colourful wigs, etc. It all sort of emulates the sort of character we are. So can you go around and just quickly tell me the name of each person here? There's quite, there's a big whanau here, man, it's a family thing. Can I say my name? Of course you can. <laughs> Hi, my name's Gina Foisiwiti there. <laughs> so how many generations have we got here? Three. Three. Three generations. So can you introduce me to all the whanau? Well, I'm Dorina Wetime, this is Rotu's wife. Yes, yes. Hi. Hi, Hi. 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 I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> now I've asked the other groups, what do they um, consume or eat as the means of stamina? So what are you? what do you guys got on your goodie table? Oh, lots of junk. <laughs> snacks, 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 yeah. No, it's all good. A lot of carbohydrates. That's the one, that's the one. So, how many hours have we got left? Uh, another... Oh, 10, 11? What's the time? Uh, Finishes at 9. Finishes at 9. Okay. 9 hours to go. 9 hours to go. Yeah. So the younger generation here. Daniel. Daniel, have you just finished walking, bro? Yeah. yeah. Me. Um, I want the fresh and cozy. Tell me what you want. Um, wings. Oh, wings. A bus, hat, and pom-poms. <laughs> pom-poms? <laughs> so what's the next stage of your game plan? Well, um, we're, we're running out about 3 o'clock. Um, I think... Uh, Miluku and Jonathan are going to um, head the front row. Um, we've got a couple of backs and wingers here, but I think, yeah, the cheerleaders, but we'll, uh, the game's going to be won up front. Um, I think uh, Luku's going to lead us today. He won the best dance competition today on stage. Oh! It's only because we won 
we won the best tent. And because um, we won the best tent, they sort of got us up, well, I represented them, got yeah. up on the stage, and then all of a sudden we had to do a dance-off. And somehow I won the dance-off. So, yeah, so I won the dance-off. Yeah. Because I won the dance-off, we won the tent, best tent. So there you go. Oh, man, you're just a team of winners, man. I love it. love it. Today was a good game. Um, we went out there, played hard. <laughs> well, that was the choicest tent, man. The happy soul tent. Okay, so walking around the tents, Kapiti PHO, uh, Kapimana, the local Porirua uh, newspaper. Also checking out uh, pink balloons everywhere. Representative of um, breast cancer. Okay, so leaving the Porirua relay, it's about half past 12 midnight and I tell you what man, these guys are amping. I reckon they're going to be amping, it finishes at 9 o'clock in the morning, there's the coffee dudes, the people that are serving out food um, and even these guys with Ghostbuster pretend machines on were walking around the track. This is Justin Murray for Radio New Zealand, Tiahika. After 17 hours and 400 plus k's later, a total of $90,000 was raised. Nā mihi ki a te hāpuri o puriroa. Head to our webpage radioNZ.co.nz forward slash te ahika. We've posted up some links. I'm Maraia Rakraku and this is Te Ahika on Radio New Zealand National. When I was researching this story, I came across a whole lot of 1950s slang terms that reminded me of the TV programme Happy Days. Remember that? Where everyone was either calling it or a doll or making out or getting a knuckle sandwich. Yeah, exactly. And while those Americanisms were far from Gavin Bishop's childhood in Mackenzie Country down south, the times they portrayed of Farno and Simple Days were very much a part of his early life. It's the memories of his early childhood at Piano Rock during the 1950s that has provided the material for the 2008 Random House publication. I'm talking with Moira Wairama and we're reviewing Piano Rock. Kia ora Moira. Kia ora Maraia. Now, so what did you think of this book? Isn't it beautifully illustrated? It's beautifully illustrated. It's also physically beautiful. Uh, the feel of the book and the hard cover, it's actually a beautiful size. It's really, I just actually like the physical feel of the paper as well. So what size is it then? Well, it's sort of... Would what, it be like half of a A4? A4, yeah, so what's that, A3? And that's a, yeah. it's hardcover as it's well? It's a hardcover, but look, it's got this beautiful binding on the side. So it actually, as a texture, it feels nice. You feel that. It's really smooth, and then it's got that lovely texture. Oh, it's texture. lovely. The binding's yeah. neat. And the yeah. binding's got all these images of um, New Zealand railway cuts, and there's an apple, and... And actually, and this image on the front reminds me very much of the um, school journals, and that was that was the sense of the book—a very high-class school journal from the old school journal styles. Now, the image that you're talking about on the front is a silhouette of a horse that has 
three children. Three so. children and one girl at the front with um, her pigtails up in the air. <laughs> yeah, and the boy at the back <laughs> um, sort of holding on to his bag as it's flying out behind them. And I think that's probably based on the story where he gets a lift to school with his neighbours on the horse. Yeah. And it's Piano Rock, A 1950s Childhood by Gavin Bishop. Now, Gavin Bishop is a writer of children's books. Well, a really well-known illustrator, beautiful illustrator, and he's done lots and lots of amazing books. Um, so he did the Maui Maui books, is that yes, right? Yes, he's done some of the Maui ones, and he's probably one of New Zealand's top illustrators, children's illustrators. So, And he's illustrated several of his own books as well. But um, this is really, I think, something quite unique. Um, the illustrations are beautiful. They're, um, I'm just looking through there, some of them are... In, black and white, some are sepia, it's more sepia than black and white, and then you've got these beautiful detailed drawings in colour, um, look at this one which is all the food that they're talking about, and just just beautiful details, so um, from the illustration point of view it, it's beautiful. You kind of get the feel that um, as you read the book that he enjoyed doing this, eh? Yeah, I th Gavin... Um, has a wonderful sense of humour. He's very dry. He's got a very dry sense of humour. And I think that I heard Gavin's sense of humour coming out in this um, at different things. Um, yeah, I don't know that a child would pick it up, but I think definitely his sense of humour was in there. Okay, so how does the story start? Um, well, the story starts with him moving out to Piano Rock with his um, family, and it was... So it's got like this photo at the beginning. It's got a photo that starts off on the first page with a photo of mum and dad holding this little boy and um, taken on a box brownie in 1949. So that right away sets the sets the scene and you know that you're going to be. And, of course, it's um, I didn't have a clue where it was. So um, No, because I've never heard of it. No, Pernaric. no. So reading that there is, there we are, standing at the railway station in Kingston, just arrived from Invercargill. So there's Piano Rock. In front of us is a lake, Lake uh, Wakatipu, and on either side is a row of mountains, and up on the hill behind us is Piano Rock. So that sets it, and then you turn over the page, and there's this beautiful illustration mm -hmm. that just gives you a visual picture of what you're actually going to be reading about. So we're talking um, in the Mackenzie country. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know the South Island very well, but I think what came through to me was country. You know, this is a, a country story of a country boy um, coming from the big smoke of Invercargill <laughs> out to the country. Um, and why were they there? Um, I think they came out with his dad. Um, when his dad got transferred out there, he came out with the railways, yeah. Uh, so dad could work for the New Zealand railways, yeah. Dad drove a tractor. Yep, so I, he did come out for the New Zealand railways. So there's some nice there's some nice little bits about the New Zealand railways of those times in it as well. Um I really found it interesting that um, it was just like a country story, and I'm a real townie myself, but so many things um, resonated from the past. You're reading it through, and it brings back memories of the sort of food and um, the things that happened in countries. And the neighbourliness. Yeah, the neighbourliness, but also really, um, like, for children reading it today, I think, it's a look. It's like a, a look back into the past. In a way, the pictures, 
it's a little bit like, I thought it was a bit like snapshots, you know, snapshots of this life. Um, and although in one way, so that it seems it's a much simpler time, um, there's also some real reality checks there, like when they have to shoot the dog that's worrying the sheep um, and when things die, um, it's got that sort of, that farm, the reality of life stuff. So although it's definitely for children, uh, yeah, the pet pig that got butchered for the feast, I thought that was, you know, like, um, I like that reality. The reality of what that is a reality, that is of, a reality life. of country mm. life, and I thought it was a really that was the part that I thought might still appeal in this day to kids who are sort of living a much faster pace. I thought at first it would be definitely probably country children that would most react to it, but I think perhaps children of today would be interested in some of the you know, um, what was the other thing about. Um, I got a smack from my teacher um, that he was, you know, the children who were being told to go and stay outside to play and not come in, um, that he was told by his mothers about his um, the baby coming from under a cabbage bush. I love yeah, that because, love of course, it. while he's, um, you know, he arrives at uh, Piano Rock with his mother and father, yeah. his mother gets pregnant, yes. who then had his younger brother, Russell Bishop, who is an academic. Ah, right. Well, well, he got born under a cabbage bush. Is that a requisite <laughs> for an academic? <laughs> um, the other thing I really liked was um, that they slip in gently about the fact that he's Māori. It's not a big issue, and yet you get these little hints about the um, the cousins bringing mutton birds and mum cooking parawa parai. And when I came to that, I thought, oh, cooking parawa parai? <laughs> and then I realised, and then gently later on, dad calling mum his Māori princess. But it, it really interests... Is there any other kind, of Moira? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course not, Princess Mariah. <laughs> and I just... I think yeah, that point you made before about the neighbourliness, you know, the Greeks next door. I love and, that. Yeah. And all the different foods yes. and how they, yeah. um, how we would go over and see them and just how, um, you know, being brought up in the country and, you know, here I go with a huge generalisation, but just how everybody looks out for each other. Yeah. And within that, the reality of, again, that harder life, the little boy who's the foster boy and one of the his friend who he mm. sometimes sees and mm. he sometimes doesn't, um, I, I thought it, it's a life where there is reality. There are realities there, and they're not always. That's just how life is. I one of the parts that I found particularly sort of strong for me was, you know, as a child seeing the guy thrown on the fire and thinking it was, you know, his dad. You know, that mm. relationship to his dad, that his dad wearing the clothes, and mm. I sort of thought that was. Um, you have this whole community all around with the, the guy being thrown on the this fire. This is Guy Fawkes. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh, my goodness, that all those people were celebrating Guy Fawkes down there mm. at that time, yeah. Would you recommend it? Yes, I would. I thought at first when I read it, I thought maybe 
it's more for an adult because it's actually a beautiful book as an adult. It's and gorgeous. It, and as, again, it reminded me of the school journals um, with those snips of Which country Which is where life. Uh, yeah. Gavin would have uh, had his first lot of illustrations coming through. Oh, right. Like so many other yeah. Um, artists. Yeah, so maybe it's maybe it's supposed, you know, maybe that's deliberate. I don't know. Um, I thought, like I as an adult, enjoyed reading it. Um I thought I'd try it out with a kid. So when my five-year-old Mukul came over, I said to her, I, I thought I'd, she's just started school, and I thought I'd read her the chapter on school. And so she was, she loved the illustrations. That's mm. what she's most reacted to. Then her brother came the next night, and I thought I'd try the pig one um, where they were killing the pig, but he actually... He quickly sort of, and now we've had enough of this, um, <laughs> and I sort of thought, so probably it would be really interesting. I'm always interested in what ch- what books children enjoy, um, but as I said, my five-year-old was quite interested in, in the chapter on school. Um, so it's really hard. I always feel a bit, oh, I don't know. Um, but I think for children, it gives them an insight into a simpler time. You know, there's no TV, but they actually have greater freedom. In a way, it's they're freer. They're freer to discover and be who they are within that world. So, um, yeah. I would think probably older children would more relate to it, though, 8, 9, 10. Um, and children could read it for themselves. I think the language in it would be definitely... Um, for children would be able to read that quite soon, and you know, like eight, nine, ten. It's just, I just think it's just a beautiful book to have in your bookshelf. I've never seen a New Zealand book like this before, Moira. No, I've seen overseas publications, you know, like yeah. the um, the miraculous journey of Edward Tulane, where they have at the a book is this size and it has illustrations through it, you know, beautifully. Uh, hand-drawn illustrations yeah. and coloured and the sepia-toned. and But I've never I've never seen a New Zealand publication like well, this. What I also really liked was the glossary at the back. Because <laughs> I thought... What, of language that yes. you may not be familiar with? Well, things like Brill Cream and Hopalong Cassidy and... Um, what did they put for Brill Cream? For Brill Cream, they put hair cream. Um <laughs> And there's other things like Kalakalista, which is pretty girl in Greek. And then you've got um, Parawa Parai, which, of course, is fried bread. So you've got a whole mixture. But you realise it's um, it's also like what's a, what's a guy? And that's what they've got in here. That It, it makes it so much more accessible. Because I wondered that as I was reading it through, I didn't realise there was a glossary at the back. And although I got it, I thought, oh, no, kids wouldn't know what that means. And then I turned to the back and there were all these wonderful, um, these this glossary with these wonderful things like, um, what else? Oh, yeah, the Tom Thumb, small fireworks cracker. Well, of course, those were in the days when actually kids wow. were allowed to let off their yeah. home fireworks. I remember yep. Tom Thumbs. Oh, do you? Yeah. We right. used to put them in the milk bottles. <laughs> of course we did. Of course you did. <laughs> oh. Well, and one of the things for me here was the and weather. And throw them at each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, the, the glossary isn't just for children. It's also for adults who are townies like me with the word weather, which is a castrated well, even adults ram. adults not of a certain age. Yeah, yes, you know, yes. I'm, I'm guessing some 20-year-olds wouldn't know what some of these things were. Yes, well, of course, the box brownie. Yeah, which is a brownie. small box-shaped camera, and I it's can not remember. A cake. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> in the shape of a box or in a box. <laughs> and and even I didn't know who was Howdy Doody, who's a 1940s American television character. But I, I'd heard of the Howdy Doody show, but I wasn't sure who Howdy Doody was. So, um, yeah. Do you think it's an accurate portrayal of a 1950s childhood? Well, I think it's an accurate portrayal of his 1950s um, childhood because, of course, people would have different experiences from where they were living. But I know, like, I'm a female who was sort of a town person, but I, I related to a lot of this and um, understood what he was talking about. But even for me, it was a little bit different because it was, you know, the freedom and the things he was doing were not things always that I was doing. You know, I was thinking, we used to go down to the river, you know, and the oldest of us was me, 10, and maybe my friend who was 11, and we'd go off down to the river with the little kids and take them down, you know. about three and four. Yeah, (laughs) and sort of, you know, you'd go down to the river and play, and I can remember you just did, and we could all swim, and you had to be able to swim to go, but um, I would not let my grandchildren go down to the river at that age. Yeah, Mm. and I thought that's what I loved. I loved the sense of that time of freedom, and I think he's captured that thing of the child, you know, looking at things, again, coming back to the Guy Fawkes incident where he's looking at it as a child I don't think he um I don't think he worries too much about tidying it up and making it sound nice it just nice. is it just is you know I yeah. guess when you're a kid or from what I can remember when you're looking at things they're just happening in front of you you don't know what they mean yeah well, this um this part here where um you know, he's he's really worried about the guy going onto the fire and don't be such a big sook, my mother said. No one else is crying. But I didn't like the guy I bawled. Don't be silly, that's what you do on Guy Fawkes night, said Mum. You burn the guy. But he looked like Dad. Come on, she said. Don't let that imagination of yours run away with you. And it's sort of like, you know, it's not the sort of, oh, well... You know, well, Gavin, let's talk about this. And, of course, it's not really your father. Yes, And it's sort of, you know, this is, it's that life. Darling, it's not your father. (laughs) That that real, um, yeah, the reality. Modern day parenting that we can be subjected to. And it is, I think, as a, it would be, I actually even thought for, as a way of of wanting to introduce children to history, if you were doing things within a school setting, um, from a teacher's point of view, I think it would be really a beautiful way. I would like to recommend it for teachers with children. It would make lovely reading because it would lead into... You could use it in so many different ways from a teacher's point of view as well with a class. Um, That hit me quite a lot when I was... I kept getting ideas of what you'd... which chapter you'd use with what sort of activities... Kia ora, Moira Wairama, and details for Piano Rock can be found at our website, radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. Navigate yourself around the webpage, there's some pretty cool stuff, archives stretching back over the years, and if you're so inclined, why not drop me or Justine a line at tiahika at radionz.co.nz. We love getting feedback and suggestions for story ideas. I'm Maraia Rakaraku, and you're listening to... Rubbish collection these days is serious business. You've just got to look down any different city streets on any given morning to see rubbish bags, recycle bins, wheelie bins scattered down the road. Well, you get the picture. So that's pretty much what it's like in the city. But what about par in the wop-wops, like mine for instance? 
For a long time at my marae, rubbish was either burned or buried. Well, whatever didn't end up for the pigs anyway. And that's how Tukorehe Marae, just out of Levin, dealt with their rubbish. That is, until they discovered recycling, as Katarina Williams told me. So the recycling we had here, and it was a, a community initiative by, that was started with um, our cousin Mandy Fryer, and she got an Environa Trust and, and the Marae and the community to... Um, work together here so they drop off their recycling stuff here at the Marae. So by recycling is, you mean like the wider Tukorehe community bring all their recycling here? Yeah, and the Kuku, the Kuku community, whoever would live locally, even Monaco could come and drop their plastic, their um, aluminium, their paper. So did you have fadges set up or, or yes, boxes no, for no, people no, to do were, that? There were big bins that were set up outside on the main road there and the access was into our the site just out the front yep. um, and it was a safe site so they could come in and unload all their recyclables and then leave and then Environa would come down, empty the bin and that's the recycling done. But also the marae itself would um, recycle? Yeah, when we'd have hui here or anything we'd put all the plastics over there, paper you know, because we're used to just dumping it all in a big dumpster um, so we found, oh, we didn't need a great big dumpster, we needed the smaller box one, and, and it was really good. So we thought for Papatuanuku, that's a good thing, take care, of, uh, take care of our Mother Earth. Now, Katharina Williams, since then, the organisation that was in, uh, responsible for that, Mandy Fryer. Mandy is our cousin here. As her regular job, what she does is she's, she puts businesses together where businesses can create employment for people. So she teamed us up, Environment, Environment Trust, and that would create work for the people there, but it would also be a win-win for us yeah. and the community. Yeah, it's community-based, eh? But being here at the Marae, we're on the main road, so it was a, a site that was easy to be accessed by, by everybody. So the marae agreed to, to be the host for a, a, a stop, a, what do you call it, a drop site, um, and we provided the space, uh, and that was that partnership that, that okay. came about. So, so yeah. since then, the um, Environua no longer exists, and oh. that stopped. So what has the marae done to to recycle now we've we've just said to our oh yeah so we've just said to our oldies um, if you've got recyclables um, come to the marae um, or we'll come one of the boys will come and pick up your gears and take them to the recycling bin and that's really good because then they don't have to pay for the gas we get to see whether or not they're safe we get to know how they are so it, it has a lot of advantages in, in a sense so, um, and so the boys will go and pick up things. Toby is fantastic. He'll pick up bins and plastic and, and stuff. But our olds are still independent, eh? They still like to do their own thing and they don't like to rely on anybody else. <laughs> but that's all good. Um, because even though the council doesn't collect recycling this far out of town, the reality is people still buy tins and, absolutely, and need their absolutely. products recycled near. But I think what we've seen too is our whanau uh, are becoming more conscious of that kind of thing and they're eating differently. Yeah. So they're eating their fish 
they're eating their kai out of their gardens. So, you know, who needs to buy a spaghetti or a baked beans? They don't need that because they're having good kai. So uh, I think we're seeing those kinds of things happening. And not only for, for um, the older ones, but our young families too, which is, which is really good. I mean, you know, our, our kura kaupapa children, they don't have junky food at kura. They have to have real kai. So, yeah, well, well, I've got a big family, and so it's like, no, we're not having baked beans. <laughs> we had uh, pork bones and spud last night, so that's a, a fry up in the, and cook up in the morning, that type of thing. So we're seeing less of the, of the um, tin rubbish and stuff like that, eh? And I think people are being more conscience, conscious about what they buy now, so, yeah. So that was... That stuff over there is all going into storage. So again, so by stuff, what we're looking at, uh, um, there's an electronic whiteboard. Yeah. What looks like a desk, or is that a photocopier that's, and some chairs? That, that's right. So if there's a use later on for Farno, we know that we've got resources, and we can help that Farno. So. If it's going into storage, wouldn't it just go here? No, here no, we don't have any place here on the Marae 2 store. So we've had to um, find storage space on the whenua. And luckily we've got an old dairy factory that has excess space. So we've been able to find that and use that to store some of our resources. But see, like a lot of our, our things, some of the family have been able to buy a desk or a chair, where they'd pay maybe $100 and something for, uh, it might be $20 here. And that money comes back to the marae, comes back to the people. So Yeah, because those really are good. looking like old winds chairs. <laughs> actually, actually, that whole set as a, as a, as a complete um, conference set with conference table Thank and you. all flash. of that kind of, it's flash, <laughs> it's very flash. But we don't have room here. So we will let go, it'll use the chairs for whatever be needed and the table is great because it, it could be split up into smaller things. So it's there, but when we have big hui, put it all up in the whareakai, flash as. <laughs> Just looks good. <laughs> Kia ora, Katarina Williams of Tukorehe Marae, located on State Highway 1, heading towards Levin from Ōtaki. And hopefully, Fano, there's a few tips in Kōrero that may help you to set up your own recycling initiatives at your marae. Anei, ana tapiata with this week's Whakatauki. Te whakapaiaki i te oranga hāpuri, mā te whakaitiaki i te pupūtanga mi te pānga o te mate pukupuku. To improve community well-being by reducing the incidence and impact of cancer. The purpose of events like Relay for Life is that it allows the community an opportunity to pitch in, raise some money, at the same time raising awareness and profiling and highlighting cancer in an empowering way. Next week it's all about Anzac and what we have in store for you. I'm with 17-year-old Wanganui Collegiate Deputy Head Boy, Kepahi Pango. He's thrilled that an essay he wrote scored him a trip to Turkey, to Gallipoli, where he's going to be next week on Anzac Day. I met up with Kepa and his whānau in Taihape, where they told me about their uri, John Pohe, the first Māori pilot. He fought in the Battle of Britain, and there's some heartbreak there. We've got that and much more coming up next week in our Anzac special. 
ete iwi, ko tai anō ki te kapina a te ahikā. Katuku mihi ki nga kaikorero katoa, ko te whānau o te hāpuri o puriroa tai atu ki te whānau o te marae o tukorehe. Ara ki taku hoa a Moira Wairama, ki nga kaira wikiwiki mihini ngā mihi. Hoki mai hei tērā rātapu, mauri ora tātou katoa.